everybody welcome back to the podcast uh, we'll call this a special edition of the podcast it's rivalry week rivalry week excuse me uh that warrants uh, some more discussion about ohio state and michigan on saturday i'm bill landis that's austin ward and we're very pleased to be joined by uh I, I will start with Big Ten Network analyst. He's a former Ohio State <laughs> captain and a national champion. I think uh, in times past, Joshua, I've had you on this podcast and, and introduced you as like future uh, mayor of Columbus and governor of Ohio <laughs> and possible president of the United States. But I, I won't I won't say that right now. We'll just say uh, BTN analyst and former Buckeye Joshua Perry joining us. Joshua, how you doing? Yeah, guy who flaps his gums for a living. I'm doing very well. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to the both of you as we record this before the holiday. But uh, super excited for the game, man. Um, I'll start off by saying this much is the lead up to it is almost as much fun as the actual game for me, number one. And number two, this game is big because the players and the coaches this year made it big. Like everybody took care of business up until this point, And now we get, you know, number two versus number three in the horseshoe couldn't be any better. Joshua, now that you're flapping your gums just like us and not playing in the game, uh, how different is it uh, on this side for you? And Balancing also uh, your emotions for the brotherhood as a former Ohio State captain and national champion. I'm, it's personal for you as well as it's also business now. Yeah, it's um, it's a unique balance. Like I'm fully invested in my Buckeyes and I uh, have pride in having played at Ohio State and some of the, the things that we got to do there. I have pride in the fact that we never lost to Michigan. Like there are all those things that go along um, with being a Buckeye and, and, and I guess the time that we were there too, like it's, it's hard to avoid um, some of the moments because, you know, it was big time ball that we played, but at the same time, I, I have to have credibility and I have to be professional and I can look through a lens that um, is focused on the football. And that's kind of been the fun thing about this because I think both of these teams are exceptional in a lot of ways. And so, uh, there's much to be complimentary about. I think we can also be very honest about these teams and say that they're very flawed and neither one of them are perfect. So there are areas to be critical. Um, and when, you know, the light comes on and, and I'm sitting there in front of the camera, very easy for me to put my emotions aside. It's when I'm actually watching the football games and, and I'm watching <laughs> Ohio State slog past Maryland. Like that's when the emotional aspect of it becomes a little bit more difficult. But, um, you know, when 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 I'm on air, it's all business. How how then, Joshua, has the last year kind of sat with you? I, I know there, there's people in the Woody who have been sort of seething and, and, and waiting for, for this day to come on Saturday. Um, as someone who is, I guess, maybe a little more slightly removed from it than you were uh, a few years ago, how did how did 365-ish days of, of sitting with an Ohio State loss to Michigan uh, hit you? Yeah, it's, it's very unique because um... – you know, I, I had to be critical and, and I, I wanted to be critical, but I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't just burying a bunch of kids, um, after that loss because I, I thought it was in many ways embarrassing. Um, not the fact that they lost, but kind of how it happened, uh, giving up over seven yards per carry in that game. Um, something that you certainly don't want to do. Uh, but also the fact that I live in Chicago now, um, a lot of Wolverines in this city, so you got to hear it from everybody. And I'm used to being the one that gets to talk a little smack, and I've had to take my lumps, and I'm a big boy, and I can handle it. But uh, the the bragging rights and the pride I would love to have back on the side of the good guys. And so it's been difficult. And I think this year has been really intriguing, too, because 
uh, professionally, I've gotten to call games and I, I did two Ohio State games. And a part of that, you get to talk to the coaching staff and you talk to the players and, you know, got to ask Ryan Day about the buildup and um, throughout the season, kind of finding what their identity is. And I asked him the toughness question. And he said, it's not the fact that we weren't a tough football team last year. It was the fact that we weren't tough enough consistently enough. And it kind of struck me because I, I probably never thought about it from that regard, but I think that is a really good way to put it. It's not like they had a bunch of soft guys running out there every single game that couldn't play football. It was the fact mm-hmm. that they could not sustain it. Um, so as I look at this past year, you had the Penn State game, which was really sticky. You had to come back in that one. You had Iowa, which the offense wasn't clicking for a long time. CJ got hit, gave up a touchdown, and they, they had to really withstand. And then even this Maryland game, as nasty as it was, like that was more of a mental toughness challenge than anything else. And mm-hmm. Zach Harrison goes out there at the end of the game and has uh, two humongous plays to seal the deal. I think that's the biggest change I've seen. And so um, as I've heard all, of, all the, the Michigan folks talk about finesse team and born on third and they, they don't have toughness, I just kind of sit back and watch. And I'm like, this team is it's very different than the roster we saw a year ago. Joshua, do you think that it's um, – I don't, I don't know the right word. It's curious that – this week, Sunday, Monday, uh, the press conferences from Michigan, it's like they're pretending like they didn't talk any of that trash. Like Jim Harbaugh's like, born on third. I don't, who said that? That didn't happen. Like, own it, right? You've got the bragging rights. You said all that trash. You can't just back off now. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's in between, um, aloof and gaslighting, right? Like, <laughs> we're, we're not going to sit here and act like these things did not happen, uh, when they did. And, and if you wanted to, Puff your chest up. I have no issue with that. I'm not, this is not an indictment on anybody for, um, for saying how you felt and, and really owning that because I think it was the truth. When he said it, yeah. it was 100% the truth. But now when you're in game week, you don't, I don't think that you shy away from those things. Like, I think this is an opportunity to really lean into it. And especially if you feel the confidence that, um, for that Michigan program to go into Columbus and get the, the victory, like, yeah, let, let the lead up be great as well. Um, but that's that's kind of the thing that I think has sat in the back of everybody's minds. Is it was like a very chesty offseason. Um, right. And y'all live on Twitter the same way I do. Like, I mean, just some of the fans that, like, bro, you just made your account last November. Like, this is <laughs> wild. Um, I think that's kind of been the fun in this, too. And, and I will say, like, I hate the fact that Ohio State lost just from my personal standpoint. But... Now it is a little bit more fun when when they can clap back too because it's been a lot of one sided exchanges over the last handful of years, right? Yeah, no doubt. Now it has. I mean, I, as someone who has not grown up an Ohio State fan and like never really rooted for either of these two teams, to to watch the 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 tenor of the last year has been wildly entertaining uh, for, yeah. for, for for an outsider. Um, <laughs> let's uh let, let's dive into the game a little bit, I guess, and, and I, w- I want to start with Blake Corum. <laughs> Joshua, because there there is some a question, I guess, as to whether he's going to play in this game, and uh, you can certainly talk about the impact of Blake Corum and what you think of him as a player. But I'm also curious too, from from your perspective as someone who's been in the shoes of, of a player preparing for a game like this, when when there's some doubt as to whether or not a team's let's just call it best player might not be about might not be available, how does that enter your thought process at all as you're getting ready for a game, or, do, or does it not enter the thought process? Yeah, so I think it does. It enters the thought process because you have to have contingencies and uh, you have to make sure that um, whoever needs to step up is ready to do so. So that's a very open conversation that they're going to be having in Ann Arbor. 
um, in, in preparation for this game. I think there are going to be similar conversations happening at the Woody in Columbus about guys who, who can or cannot go or what percentage certain guys may be when it is time to go. Um, Blake Corum, I think, has been sensational this year. Uh, there are a lot of moments where he made plays that other guys simply would not have. And it's because he has this really unique ability to um, get skinny and slip through a crack and then to burst through it. And I don't think that he has necessarily like the top end speed to hit home runs, but he's he's got this whatever it is where he can hit you for 10 to 20. And, and those are kind of the ones that really wear you down. And then he'll hit you um, for the 60. Um, so that's going to be huge. If he can't play, I think it's a, it's a huge factor in the game. I think Blake Corum is going to play. Like, I, I don't know how good he's going to be. I don't know how effective he's going to be, but I would be absolutely shocked if Blake Corum did not go out there and give it everything that he had. Um, so Jim Knowles probably preparing in that same mindset and there's going to be, and this is where it gets difficult for the Ohio State point of view because I've been in, in situations like this too. There is the game plan for if Blake Corum goes. There is the game plan for if Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are both healthy at the same time. And then there's probably the game plan for if neither one of those guys can go because their offense will be different depending on what combination of running backs they have available. And as a defense, Ohio State's going to have to be able to adjust. And one of the biggest things we'll have to adjust to is the presence of J.J. McCarthy's legs if Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum cannot shoulder the load themselves. And that could be a huge factor because now you're talking numbers and you're talking adjustments. Like it's, it's almost a unique blessing if Blake Corum is 100% available that he got banged up because of the amount of preparation Ohio State's going to have to do. Hmm. Joshua, let's assume for the sake of this conversation that Michigan is fully healthy at every position on offense. You brought up the the seven yards per carry a year ago, uh, the toughness challenge and the uh, you know competitive stamina that Ryan Day has emphasized. For the silver bullets, what tells you that they are maybe ready for this challenge in a way that they weren't a year ago? Yeah, I mean, I just you know you you go through the stats and you watch the tape and then. Um, you make a comparison based off of those things. Do the numbers reflect what you see on tape? And then if the answer is yes, so you check the box. And so last year you had uh, the Oregon game and they gave up over seven per in that one. And it just, it looked miserable. It looked disgusting. Like it looked like a defense that just like former linebacker here that did not yeah. know how to play ball. <laughs> and uh, that's that's exactly what you saw in the Michigan game. And I think there were moments a year ago where I saw the defense do things that I did not like. And um, it set off my alarm bells. And I know a lot of people said, well, the stats tell us this, but the stats and the tape don't match. I flip on the tape this year and I look at the stats and I think they do match. Mm -hmm. Ohio State has been phenomenal. There, there have been, I think there's one game where they gave up over four yards of carry on the ground, and that was to Wisconsin. They had that 75-yarder at the end of the game when the twos were in. You take that one out, they were under three and a half a rush. Mm -hmm. That has been the identity for Ohio State. So they're going to be prepared in that regard. Then I flip it over to the offense because you asked the question, how much good work are they able to get in practice when the ones are going against the ones? Mm -hmm. Would you believe it if I told you that Ohio State 
leads the Big Ten in yards per rush because the narrative says they can't run the football. So it means somebody's getting some good work somewhere. And as <laughs> much as we are, are dissatisfied with the way Ohio State's run game looks, they can run the ball. It might not be explosive. It might not be pretty all the time. Dallin Hayden goes in there and he's ripping them off for five and a half a carry and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy who hasn't played a ton of football and we thought the offensive line couldn't block because Travion Henderson was over there on hobbled trying to run between the tackles. Like there are so many things that bust these narratives. All I'm getting ready to say is I don't know what Saturday is going to play out like, but I think that this is a very different football team than we watched a year ago uh, in both trenches. And it's not to say that they're the toughest, most rock'em sock'em football team, but it's to say they can get the job done and they've done it all year long. Is that in, from your perspective, Joshua, more, more schematic differences within the, the offensive and defensive lines or, or more just about, you know, mindset and kind of being about it than they were last year. Both like Zach Harrison's a guy right now on that defensive line. Like he's playing like a dude and we've been waiting for this moment where the game started to click for him. And it has, and we've seen uh, JT step up in huge ways and, and Tyleek Williams and Mike Holland to Ron Vincent, like, uh, Jack Sawyer had some moments this year where he's really looked like a guy. Uh, the, the, the players have changed. Tommy Eichenberg, a year ago, people were telling me Tommy Eichenberg couldn't play linebacker at Ohio State. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about Tommy Eichenberg as a potential All-American. Guys out here balling out. You know, they said he's got broken hands. It doesn't matter. He's playing ball. Um, you know, the, the safeties have been really good to me. Um, so, I think there's a difference in the personnel. I also think that they have a great defensive coordinator right now who has his guys playing in a system where they feel confident. Flip it over to the offensive side. Like, I just, I think that there has been a change in those guys where they want to keep their quarterback clean. They want to latch on the blocks in the run game. So it's personnel difference. I also think that this Ohio State offensive line, when they're not running so much outside zone and they can just mash on guys, has been much better. So you get some scheme in there. I think a lot of it's personnel. And I think that there was probably a reset within the coaching staff as well to really evaluate what it was going to take for Ohio State to be back up to the standard in terms of how it looks and how it feels and what the actual outcomes are uh, that there was before. Joshua, we promised we would not keep you too long because you have about a million other media obligations this week. But I I know that you would talk about this game until Saturday with us, uh, but we're not going to take advantage of you in that regard. <laughs> what what will you be doing uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, late Saturday evening around this game? What where will you be watching? What's uh, what's on deck for your obligations for the game? Yeah, so uh, Friday I've got to do some studio work with BTN, and then I'm hopping on a plane. I'm flying to Columbus, and uh, it'll be myself and Jake Butt in Columbus to. Uh, you know, do some on location elements for uh, Big Ten Network's pregame, postgame shows. So super excited about that. Um, there's an off chance that I might get on the set with my old coach um, <laughs> over there on Big Noon as well. Mm. So excited about that. Um, but what's he know about this rivalry? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know a damn thing. Doesn't know a damn thing about it. It's what's exciting for me though is. I haven't been on campus for this game since the last time I played in it in the horseshoe. So that right. would have been 2014. Oh, um, wow. It's a long freaking time. 
Yeah. And I'm just, I'm excited to be immersed in the atmosphere and to, you know, see some of my former teammates They're they're celebrating the um, undefeated 2012 team um, during the game. So like, I'll see some of my guys, like this is, this is something that I'm, I'm really fortunate that the company decided to um, send us out there to, to get some coverage. Like this is going to be a lot of fun for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Looking forward to see you back here, Joshua. Like I can you say it. I can't believe that it's been uh, seven, eight years since you were wearing this uniform. Uh, but we appreciate and uh, are loving all the work that you're doing now on the other side. I think we all forecasted that big things were coming for you. Uh, and it's fun for us that we were right. You are really good at this. Um, <laughs> so we appreciate your time. Looking forward, of course, to Saturday noon. It's the game. It's here. And Joshua Perry uh, gave us some great insight. We appreciate that on the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week. Happy Thanksgiving, and thanks to Joshua Perry for Bill. I'm Austin. So long.